What's up, everybody? This is Grant, that cause artist. Welcome to another episode of the Disruptors for Good podcast. Today, we're going to speak with Robert Luo, the founder of Mitero, on his biotech company that creates protein fiber from milk waste that can revolutionize two of the largest industries in the world: the fashion industry, or, or sort of the clothing industry, and the plastic industry, which obviously can be used for tons of tons of different applications. It's a, this is another sort of food waste episode which we just had was sort of toast ale about how they're using bread waste to brew into their beer really innovative approach to food waste and mutero and robert are doing this on on a much massive scale that can have really really massive implications across the entire world in a ton of different business sectors and the two that we focus on in our conversation is really the facet industry and his work that he's doing with some of the biggest brands in the world, Nike, Lululemon. They're uh, talking to Robert about his technology to be implemented into their supply chain so they can have a much more sustainable approach to their fabrics that they use in creating their apparel. According to the Food Agriculture Organization, 20% of dairy products go to waste every year, making dairy one of the largest contributors to food waste and a significant source of carbon emissions. Robert first came face to face with this massive issue of dairy waste during a visit uh, to his uncle's dairy farm in China, where he discovered just buckets and buckets of spoiled milk everywhere. And he, he definitely said it didn't smell good, but he he wanted to, to find a way where all of this product would not go to waste and all you know the hard work that was put into that um, by his uncle w- wouldn't go to waste as well. So his company, Matero, re-engineers the leftover milk into sustainable fibers that can be used to make clothing out of. So it's revolutionary for the fashion industry, can be used to make plastic food containers for to-go food, for packaged food in grocery stores. And the most interesting thing is that the product is biodegradable um, and it's also edible. And it's also cheaper than traditional uh, fabrics that are being used for packaging and for fashion, other fashion fibers and textiles. So it's really almost, it's just like this perfect product that can be used in so many different aspects of our supply chain across every every kind of business sector there is. And I, we have just a splendid conversation. And I know that all the conversations that I have, I enjoy thoroughly but some really stand out as to what a product can actually do for every single person around the world for every single business it could truly transform the way our supply chains interact with every aspect of the production of a product and it for it to be all these different things sustainable for the earth made from waste so it's sort of upcycling the idea of this upcycling food into different things, extracting the protein from dairy products and to make it into this amazing sort of fabric or textile or fiber to make pretty much anything we want is is sort of a really, really amazing idea. And, and I obviously from a person who has no sort of science background, I didn't even know how, how like, how is this possible? Right, so we go into that, and all the all the, the individuals along his path that told him that you're crazy. What are you doing? This is not even possible. Like, stop, stop what you're doing. <laughs> so we go into a lot of that, but I'm just fascinated about the idea of this and what it can mean for farmers across the country in America here, but also across the world. Uh, we talk about working with the Dairy Farmers Association and what they're doing to basically add hopefully a new revenue stream for these farmers for their excess milk 
especially during these times, there's so much milk waste going to use and not just milk, other dairy products as well. Uh, soy milk, any other milk you can think of, they can extract the protein from it so it doesn't go to waste and create some amazing uh, fibers from it to create all kinds of things. So I know I'm rambling a bit here. I just, it was, it's just phenomenal to talk about this type of stuff because I, I do think it's truly, it's inspirational, but it's also innovative and it's revolutionary. I think it can change a lot of things that are wrong with our supply change in sort of our consumer economy here locally in America, but also globally as well. It can fix a lot of the issues. So I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Robert. As always, grant at causeartist.com if you have any questions. For me, I hope everybody's doing well. hope everybody's uh, staying healthy. Always, thanks for listening and have a great day. Thanks. Bye. So usually how I like to uh, to start these episodes is about a person's journey, um, mm-hmm. how they sort of get started in you know their passion in life and sort of something that they are dedicating their life to at the moment, at least, you know, and, and creating something interesting that will impact the world in, in a variety of different ways. And uh, when I first saw what you were up to, it was, it was fascinating. It was something kind of at the forefront of like what I'm kind of passionate about is sort of not necessarily fashion, but like trying to understand how we can better sort of look at the future for that industry in a dynamic way. And obviously what, what you're doing is is interesting on a lot of different fronts, but let's start with just your journey and how you even came up with sort of the idea of, of turning food waste into essentially materials and fabrics. What did it even come about? Like how did it even start and enter your, your, your mind frame? It's, it's kind of uh, like an accident when it happened. So I visited my uncle's dairy farm in China in 2018. Okay. And I, I was shocked to see buckets and buckets of spoiled milk sitting there. Like, hmm. you know, spoiled milk really smells. Yeah, it's and not good. Frustrated because those were money to him. Mm. So he asked me to help him find a solution to distribute all these milk waste, perhaps if he can make money from it. Hmm. And that was when I kind of first investigated how much milk waste are out there. And when I came back to the US, I did a lot of research. And immediately on top of my mind, I, um, I thought of my childhood friend, Daniel. Okay. He has material science and chemistry background, who's also the CTO of my company right now. So then we did a lot of researching on Google. We spoke with my professor at USC about the idea. He thought it was crazy. Yeah. How, how can we turn milk waste into something besides dumping away? Right. And we didn't give up because we thought, this is something interesting. Perhaps this is a bigger problem than it seems. In fact, when we did research, we found out that all around the world, 128 million tons of milk are being dumped every single year. And one third of the food we create around the world goes to waste every single hmm. year. So if we talk about the social impact or environmental impact, food waste can create 3.3 billion tons of greenhouse gases. Wow. Just imagine 37 million cars driving on the road at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's how huge of an impact that food waste contributes to climate change. But we don't normally associate climate change with food waste. Right. Think about we eat it and it goes away naturally. It doesn't happen like that. Right. A lot of energy required. So we thought if we can give a food waste a new life, that would be something interesting. Perhaps solving a problem in other industries that are polluting our environment. And we, we thought of maybe fashion because fashion is the second most polluted industry in the world. Yep. So that's how everything began. Unbelievable, man. So when, when you did that investigation, you know, Google can sometimes take you down like a rabbit hole and... You know, there's so much discovery, right? And there's so much things you have to intake and kind of have to handle. So I guess initially after you did that research, what was sort of the next steps? Because I guess you still had to actually go do it, right? Kind of prove the model of turning it into something, right? So what, after that initial research, what were the first steps sort of taken? So we did, we built a small lab in Shanghai where my my co-founder is. 
and we, we start testing if we can extract the protein from milk because we know the protein is what's most valuable. It's Caucasian protein. Okay. And once we did that, which we uh, we did more research about if we can turn casein protein into fiber and how. So we developed a patent pending process called DFS, uh, means dynamic flow shear spinning, in which we spin the fiber. Uh, we spin the casein protein into the fiber that I'm holding up right now. It's very, very soft. Yeah. And we found out that because milk has amino acids, it's good for people that have skin allergy. So we decided to create the fiber into t-shirt, just like the one I'm wearing right now. Beautiful. T-shirt, like underwear, socks, socks, even face masks that are close to your body. It's fascinating to to think about an entire like industry that it can affect, right? Like like you said, it it's one of the most fascinating sort of statistics out there is that, you know, fashion, you know, it, it it's it's destruction of the environment is pretty real, you know, and I think all of us who who I mean, look, we whether we quote unquote call it fashion or not, everybody buys clothes, right? Everybody buys shoes, everybody buys sneakers, everybody buys hats, right? It's just one of those things that it's kind of like food in a way. It's not necessarily a necessity to live, but it I mean, it's a necessity to sort of like live in society, right? You kind of have to have clothes to wear, <laughs> you know? So it, it's, a, it's a massive, massive business opportunity too, to kind of solve the issue of sustaining that entire sector. Because at some point, I mean, it's just going to be so become so unsustainable in the course it is now, where you're just going to be destroying your your own business sector, right? Which is which is really weird to think about. But I guess you talked about protein, and protein mm-hmm. is in a lot of other things except milk, correct? So yes. can you kind of take the same idea and associate it with different foods that you can extract protein from? Yeah. So we we began with milk and other type of dairy product like yogurt, cheese, mm-hmm. ice cream. To just because we don't want to help my uncle. We're yeah. also testing with plant-based uh, product, like soy, okay. soy milk. And we found out that soy has huge amount of protein that can also be spun into fiber, can resemble the property of silk and the fiber that we have right now. So we're still in the testing phase, but we know that could be doable. So the process is... It's it's all done in in a lab. Like you you extract like a, like I'm picturing like just a scientific sort of sort of lab, right? Where you you're like mm-hmm. meticu- meticulously like extracting the protein, and then does it go into some type? Is the process simply it goes through like this machine, and then out the other side comes like a fabric or a material? Like literally, like how does that part part work? The actual making. Yeah, of, I, I can. Of- there are basically three steps for each process, and we have patents pending for each process. The first step is called proact. Which, which is an acronym from protein activation, in which we extract the case and protein from these bacterial growth, expires, spoils, sour milk. And once we have the so-called, quote-unquote, bad case and protein, we have to purify it and make sure that it's not bad anymore. We can move the bacteria to purify it. And that process is called SIRI, which self-assembly purification. And once we have the good case and protein, theoretically, it can be made into food again to feed mm. healthy people, people that are in need. But we thought... We don't want to be like other other company that just turned food waste into food again. We want to give it more meaning, more purpose. So we made it into fiber through DFS to replace plastic in fashion industry, in medical industry, and even in food packaging industry. Wow. What has the response been from, like, I, I know your your teacher initially said that you were a bit crazy, yeah. right? Uh, would, I guess when you first sort of present this idea to potential, like, businesses, right, to to sell, I guess, wholesale to, right? Like, I, I don't know, I guess it, the shirt stuff is B2C, but then B2B could be to obviously all kind of industries where, where you can kind of give them something new to 
to use what what is their initial response when you call them up or, or you talk to them about like yeah. they just shake their head like what the first question is how how is that impossible right <laughs> and they love to learn why you even do it so when i share the story and share how the technology can apply to help them they're intrigued to learn more in fact Nike has purchased our product and fiber to run more testing. We have also signed LI with HM, Ralph Lauren, and Richmond. We're also in talks with Adidas, uh, Lululemon, Under Armour, Ian Fisher. So you know these, these companies love the work we do and they want to know more about how our fiber can apply to their apparel line their new future of sustainable fashion. Yeah, because those are traditionally not sustainable fashion companies, right? So like getting getting in getting them on board with this like to me is sort of the biggest hurdle that, you know, we face as consumers, we face as like just in the industry in general is getting these massive corporations to kind of change their entire like product line essentially and their supply chain of, of what they're putting into the market um, because they're selling right they're producing and selling just massive and massive amounts of apparel um, and product so when you talk to them are they i mean are they instantly on board or are they are they a bit hesitant uh more than others and do you see maybe smaller companies being more sort of easier to say they're easier to, to get on board with this rather than the big industry or is the, is the big industry like, like this is amazing, let's do it. One thing for sure is that they're excited about new technology. They're always mm -hmm. looking for a new, sustainable, more innovative way to reduce their carbon footprint from their supply chain. And I think there's there are three key components that they look at. First is pricing. Mm -hmm. Our fiber will cost lesser than Model, Bamboo, and organic cotton. In mm -hmm. fact, 60% less water compared to organic cotton. Mm -hmm. So that will save them a lot of money. The second is messaging, whether they can use for their own PR. It goes right. over turning food waste into something useful. Okay. Solving food waste, solving problem for them. And the third is performance. I mentioned earlier that I mean, milk fiber has amino acids. It's good for people that have skin allergy. That's what we made into casual wear, sleepwear, and also has the antibacterial and moisture-wicking breathable properties that people will love. In fact, our customers came back after they purchased our shirt, they came back and told us they will wear it as their PJ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which yeah. is how comfortable it is. So having the B2C validation really helped us when we speak with these big, big corporations. And we do see that we can launch small pilot initially, which is normal. And once that gets going and people know about us and love it, it'll skyrocket. Just like plant-based right now, right? Yeah. I'm was I think Beyond Burger um, was started in 2009 and first launched the product in 2012, 10 years. That's yeah. how much I've gone through. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's a it's a long-term approach to, to a, a massive problem. But I agree, like, if you look at sort of, I always talk about the food, people understanding like, what they're putting in their body for food and the food revolution of people understanding how to eat a little bit better, like what they're putting in their bodies is, is actually, I mean, it really matters. I think we're seeing more now about what people put on their body, mm -hmm. that that really matters as well, because people are learning more about this kind of stuff and they're, they're understanding. I mean, they're, they're really smart and they understand you know, the processes and, and sort of the detriment to the environment, but also to, to, like you said, I mean, people who have like skin allergies and stuff, mm -hmm. you don't really make, you don't really make clothes for like individuals that have sort of health issues like that. So this is just another, it's just another fit for, for this mm -hmm. product. And it's, it's just really, it's just really wild, man. Like, it's like, it's kind of like one of the most amazing 
product. It, it has the potential to be one of the most amazing products in the last, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. I mean, the, the massive effects it could have. I'm sure there are there now other people duplicating what, what you're doing, like are trying to do what you do. And, and I don't know how have like IP around this. Can you talk about, I guess, like the business side of things of like how you can patent this type of stuff if that's even possible? Absolutely. Well, first, let's talk about our competitor. So what we have... Uh, what we have learned is that there's a company in Germany that blends fresh casein protein with acrylic. Okay. Acrylic is petroleum-based materials. So you know their process is long, they're costly, and worse, it's not eco-friendly at all. It's greenwash. Yeah. Whereas for us, our fiber has zero, absolutely zero petroleum chemical involved. Wow. It's biodegradable, it's cost-efficient, it's cheaper than organic cotton and mobile. And most importantly, it has a really great property that people love. So that, that makes our technology, our solution, very viable and attractive to the, to the current environment. And yes, we are patenting. Uh, we have two patents that we have filed already this year. Okay. And we plan to file four more invention patents uh, at the end of well, by the end of this year. And like what I mentioned earlier about the process, each of the process we can have patents for. Is the long term goal? It seems like B two B would be like the long term goal, right? B two C is kind of like. It's it's you can have it because it's awesome, right? Like it's just a brand building. But B two B seems like I mean to change and to change a multi hundred billion dollar industry seems to be like the play, right? Seems to be where where you want it to go. Correct. That that is very true. And we plan to license our technology once everything is patented, and we fully confident that our technology can apply to anywhere in the world. Anyone can use it. Would they would they have to then create? a small sort of like a lab of their own or would you produce product like because let's i mean let's just hypothetically right we're talking like nike or adidas like Mm -hmm. that's a massive amount of product rather than making like t-shirts like small scale running t-shirts like so would they have to build their own lab to incorporate this there's no need for them to build their own lab in fact so in stage one we began as a b2c brand to build the market selling our own milkshake in stage two we're currently in we will supply the fiber to people so they don't have to worry about nothing. They just have to purchase our fiber. And stage three, we will license our technology. And our technology can apply to the current existing machine. It's just the process that we turn milk waste or food waste into fiber is very different from what's happening in the world right now. Once we license the process to them, we can do it with their own machine. Gotcha. And then fiber, when we talk about like organic cotton and other materials, can it be made? Like you mentioned plastic. So... You're saying mm-hmm. it's a possibility it can replace plastic in some in some way? Oh yes, that that's very fascinating. It's actually another technology you're working on. We're turning whey, and whey is the byproduct of yogurt, cheese, ice cream, these dairy product production into food packaging film, biodegradable food packaging film to replace plastic. What we found out is that when we, when you bind the whey protein together, it's actually 500 times stronger than plastic packaging because it creates such little holes that oxygen, that water molecules, hmm. bypass. That means you can block out all the oxygen, and that food or fruit can keep fresh within the packaging. It's edible. It's non-toxic. It's biodegradable. Wow. I mean, that's just a whole nother sector, right? That you could look at and say, whether it's, I think there was, I think Coca-Cola had mentioned that they're, they're looking, they're, they were like, we're not going to go to non-plastic sort of bottles. They're like, because there's not an alternative out there for us, right? At the moment. So right. I feel like these big companies are kind of like waiting for something that can be scalable and then also environmental friendly without having to disrupt their entire sort of supply chain. And then the product... 
you know, not being as good as sort of plastic. Right. So then like Correct. once, I mean, dude, you're just like, I mean, <laughs> the two, the two industries that you're, you're, you're doing this for is just like, you should just go public like tomorrow. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's very, we call ourselves the triple impact company. So we want to reduce fuels. We want to end hunger with the bad food turning into good food. And we want to find alternatives of plastic that the world desperately need. And you, you brought up a great point that at the end of the day for company costs, Mm-hmm. is what's most important. How can I get the best quality product and have the lowest cost possible? And there are so many alternatives storage, corn storage, steel, but how come those are not in scale Because the property itself isn't great enough compared to plastic and the price is hard to drop. We take the approach of taking food waste. First of all, we're saving money for operators, for food uh, processors on distributing food waste. So we can essentially get it for free or low cost. And through the process of doing so, we're cutting down the cost little by little as technology improves. So solving the cost issue, that's the solution we But yeah, I think I think these companies sort of want to do, I think they want to try to do the best they can, right? But they have shareholders, they're on the public markets, like they have to think about different things at, at scale and the technology just needs to catch up to where they actually have an alternative. They have a they have a reason to sort of change their entire system, <laughs> and, and you know take on something like this that will affect their company long term. I mean, it has to be it has to go through R and D. It has to go through all these stages where I'm sure these big companies like I know Adidas does the uh, the partnership with Parley to do their yeah to do their their sort of like uh, fishnet fishnet shoes I believe. So I think that they're. I've been following that. I mean, I think, I think they're doing a great job of sort of like gauging interest and releasing like these these sort of small runs. Not small. I mean, they said it's all a million shoes. <laughs> so that's not, I mean, that's not small, right? I mean, that that's demand that's sort of there. Um, so hopefully we can see maybe some of these big food companies, you know, take your, your idea and do small sort of like, or create smaller brands from it to see if it, consumers actually want it. And then they'll start to upgrade it to their entire ecosystem products. Then it's just, I think we'll just see a massive, massive change. And like you said, emissions and uh, our air, our air will become much cleaner. And the waste that goes into our oceans to me is what I'm passionate about. And what's sad sometimes to see our oceans being just just destroyed like they are. So I'm just, man, I, I'm so rooting for, for you guys. <laughs> it's a... Uh, it's it's pretty amazing. So I, I wanted to go real back to uh, your professor at USC that you had mentioned earlier. Have, do you still talk to him at all? Do, 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 do you? I, I do. Yeah. I, What's actually, it? <laughs> I did. <laughs> it's funny. So I, uh, I had to visit USC one time after graduated. And I, I was speaking about the progress we have because uh, we're, we're, we're friends on social media. And yeah. He, you saw what we have done so far. And I, I, I told him, I'm not going to name his name. Sure, no worries. I remember, I still remember that you told me, Robert, this will never succeed. This is crazy. Why would you even do it? And I was like, Professor, I want to give it a try. Just let me do it. And he said, if you can come back and prove me wrong, I'm so glad. And I'm just here to wait for you. Yeah. And I did. I eventually came back and told him, Professor, I think I kind of proved you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he told me, I'm, I, I'm glad you did. I'm glad. Yeah. What had what has the response? Because you said it was your it was at your uncle's uh, company. Uh, it was my uncle's dairy farm. Yeah, his dairy farm. So like have and, and we had talked already earlier before we started recording. But uh, the Dairy Farmers for America is that which which you're a part of. And, and how are you sort of working with 
that organization because they sort of represent farmers around the country. Is that is that sort of what they yeah. do? And what the idea is to have them have you purchase the excess milk or sort of like give you some of the excess milk to do your R and D on? Mm-hmm. In fact, DFA Dairy Farmers America, they're the biggest raw milk supplier in the world. Yeah. So with that part of supply chain secure, we can guarantee that our product can come at a very low cost compared to the normal market price. And we want to help struggling farmers yeah. who are drinking milk like crazy nowadays. I read an article the other day, don't quote me if this is wrong, um, 10 million liters of milk are being dumped every single day during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. It's, pandemic. it's crazy how much milk has been wasted. So if our technology can provide a new stream of income, turning milk waste into something valuable for these farmers, why not? I would love to help them out. Yeah. Even, even outsource our process later on in our, in our company history. To help these farmers out, we mm-hmm. want to make sure that whatever we do, we're in the position to win and win for everyone. Win-win situation. What are the conversations like with them? I mean, they have to be ecstatic about this, right? The opportunity for you know farmers around the country, or, or even just just locally in the Midwest or, or wherever, to to have an opportunity to have another revenue model, revenue stream eventually, right? I mean, they have to be sort of ready to go on this so so what's the progress right now with them and sort of what are the next steps over the next year or two how we all be working together yes so we first of all we need to figure out where of most of dairy waste happen in the country and we have a plan to build an extraction plant near our upstream milk waste resource so we can take it directly right away and turn it into the fiber that we need and sell it all across the globe so that will help us a lot and help these farmers a lot and not just with DFA, we're also speaking with Danone. We're currently a vendor for Danone. They're okay. the parent company of Soap and Horizon. Mm-hmm. Also, Nestle, General Mills. So these food processing centers that have so much milk waste, we want to help them out. And we can provide solutions for their packaging film as well. What about, we talked about plastic too and other material. Are there any other associations or organizations that are in those sectors that you can do something similar with? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So I, I want to talk about a little bit about our competitor. So sure. people ask me, is there a competitor in this field? Yes, the truth is, yes, there's one competitor in French. In, in France, yeah. they are a French company that use fresh casein and to turn it into film for detergent and cleaning products. Okay. If we do use fresh casein, it's kind of expensive. Whereas for us, we take the wave, which is the waste that could have been dumped. We can get it perhaps for free. We have very, very low cost. Yeah. And apply to not just detergent, and cleaning products, but also food packaging, but also fruit coating, because our film is edible. So if even mm-hmm. if you eat it, there's no harm to your body. It's biodegradable as well. So the fundamentally, the process of doing so and the raw material involved is different in um, in our technology. And this technology will apply to definitely beyond just packaging, normal food packaging industries. We imagine that one day perhaps it can be made into building materials. Hmm. That can yeah. That can be used to replace concrete in a sense. So that's those are so much possibility out there. We can continue exploring. I'm not sure if you if you're familiar with the uh, new story, which is the organization that 3D prints the the homes. Yeah. Out of is that a possibility? Where is that how you would have to do larger scale stuff? Like your fi- your materials or fibers can just be put into a 3D printing machine, correct? And then it could build whatever, right? Yes, yes, definitely. Because we know that at the end of the day, it's the solvent, it's the concentration. That's inside of 3D printing where you print things out. So we can definitely figure out a way that our technology 
our solution can apply on 3D printing. Back to the beginning for a second here. What was the the process of from like when you had the idea, right, to when you actually had a successful sort of extraction and production of material? Was that two years? Was it three years? Like what was that to actually get a product where you can like pitch to people? Right. It took that took us almost a year and a half okay. for it to happen. And in between that, we have no idea whether it is to see or not. And we have to put in our own money, trying to validate a point that people thought was crazy. Right. It was really painful. My parents initially, they, they thought I was crazy as well. My professor didn't believe me. My, my parents thought I was crazy. My friends didn't want to talk to me because they were why are you doing it with spoiled milk? Are you crazy? So it was really painful. And I'm really thankful to Daniel, who stick with me and believe in my vision and helped me to create this technology and bring it to life. How did you know it was successful, right? Because like you're kind of the first to do this. So like, how did you even know what success was, right? Like, how did you even, I guess the, what the quote unquote like final product was, how did you even know what the final product was? I yeah. guess I guess the research kind of and the science behind it, you can kind of know certain things, but. Yeah, so we, we eventually launched a Kickstarter campaign for our fiber, which was made into the milkshake, we're still selling it on our website, and we were fully funded within two two hours. Wow, that that was a huge validation to us. And at the end, we sold to forty countries around the world. But we, we see that people in China, people in Japan, or J- Japan's a huge market. We actually just launched in Japan recently. Also, people in Europe, in the U.S., are supporting our idea. Yes, they are the first mover. Yes, they are the pioneers. But that gave us some confidence that if we can improve the technology. If we can make it cheaper, make the quality better, and to apply our technology perhaps on plant-based product, that means we'll get a lot more support for the work we do. Is there other countries that you see are much more responsive, maybe than other countries about you know these processes and, and trying to like mm-hmm. speed track this? Japan is definitely one of the countries that have given us a lot of support. One of our distributors in Japan launched a Kickstarter, uh, not a Kickstarter, but it's their crowdfunding campaign. I think it's called Makuake, uh, I think two weeks ago, and they were fully funded with the first couple hours. Wow. And it actually priced higher than the shirt that we're selling right now by, I think, about $10 even more. Wow. And we see that Japanese market love these type of innovative, high quality, and sustainable product. And we look forward to enter that market and share more of our technology with the current textile company in Japan. So I usually like to sort of end on the future of things, right? And sort of the, I mean, three to five years sort of, sort of looking ahead of what, what do you, what's next? Sort of like, what, what are you looking at? What do you need to like work on? Or is it just sort of like getting funding or like just getting these big contracts signed with these big companies? Like, where do you hope to be within like the next five years, let's say? In the next five years, we definitely want to make a name out of us. Perhaps be the image or the industrial name for protein fiber. Mm-hmm. As you know, Dupont is known for their petroleum-based materials. Mm-hmm. And Lancet is known for their cellulose, plant-based, like uh, Model or Viscose. We want Mitterrand to be known for protein fiber, especially mm-hmm. made from food waste. Yeah. And we have a very ambitious goal for our work in five years. We, you know, we plant 15 trees for every product we sell, and we also donate 20 meals to a hungry child for every product we sell. So in five years, we, we hope that we can reach 1 billion trees in five years. Wow. We can help over one, uh, 1 million children in five years. So that, that is our goal. We're working very hard toward that. And in terms of our product line, 
we want to expand our product beyond just dairy solutions. We, we're moving into vegan product. Like what I mentioned, soy milk is the one we're looking at and perhaps other type of uh, oatmeal or even coconut, etc. So I want to leave that possibility out there. Yeah. Almond too, right? Like anything that could, anything that could. <laughs> um, no, man, it's, it's super impressive, man. I, I am, I am so grateful that we got to chat. I'm so happy you can make the time because I think this is, it's one of the great, it's really one of the great innovations that I know of sort of in the world right now that, that can attack so many different problems from just, you know, a, a sort of free market, you know, perspective, right. And, and sort of this, a mass consumerism sort of world we live in, we need find we need ways to make it work better, right? And, and I think this is sort of the perfect ingredient that can latch itself onto every single industry. And I mean, absolutely, just just put a shot of sustainability into all these different sectors in, in, in any part of business that is just an absolute game changer, bro. So like, congratulations, man, and like, I hope. I guess it just goes to when, when a lot of people say you're crazy, that could be a good thing, you know? So uh, I'm so glad that you didn't kind of listen to anybody, right? And you just, I guess, followed what, what you were passionate about. And you had that one person that, that decided to believe in you, right? Your partner with it. And, uh, and you know, you turn it into something that is going to, for lack of a better word, I mean, it's going to change the world in a lot of different ways. Um, as long as we can get these companies on board and, and, and governments on board that, that accept new materials, especially in food. There's a lot of sort of legal hurdles you have to go through for food packaging and things like that. So hopefully we can get everybody on board and, and sort of believe in it the way that we do. Um, so thanks for taking the time and congratulations. Well, thank you, Grant, for having me. Thank you for allowing me to share my story. Very excited.